0: Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida, brought to you by Tico Peoples Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. Boating may be what they're known for, but in today's economy, innovation drives navigation. In this download, Orlando Business Journal editor-in-chief Sean McRory learns what Correct Craft CEO Bill Jurgen and his team are doing to stay
1: ahead of the next wave. All right, thank you for uh, joining us, Bill. It's been a bit since the Orlando Business Journal caught up with you, but one of the hallmarks noteworthy of Correct Craft over its history is its propensity for growing during difficult times. The company grew during the Great Depression and even added a number of brands following the Great Recession. Now coming out of the pandemic, how has Correct Craft fared?
2: We're doing really well. You know, it's been an interesting... uh... Interesting decade and a half. Uh, when I got here in 2006, Sean, I was the fifth CEO in five years. So the company had been through a lot of change. Took us a couple of years to stabilize. And then we went right into the uh, Great Recession, which had a significant impact on our company and um, you know, significantly impacted the boating market. But we've grown tremendously. Uh, 2009, we were about uh, $39 million in revenue. And today we're over a billion, about a billion and one. So we've seen some significant growth. We've got an amazing team, Sean, and we're really focused on growth, growing both organically and through acquisitions. And we've done a lot of both. So it's been a very exciting
1: time. Well, looking ahead, what can you tell us about Correct Craft's plans and expected trajectory over the next five years?
2: Sure, we're just going to keep on going. You know, we have, uh, we're very heavily focused on developing new product at all of our companies. We're based here in Orlando, but we have, boat companies all across the U.S., and we uh, distribute into 70 countries around the world. And we know the new product is what drives sales and what drives success. So on the customer side, we're focusing on new product. Internally, we're a very culture-driven company. Culture is very important to us. And so we we'll are continue to invest in our team. We've invested millions of dollars into our team and both training, developing, getting certification. So we invest very heavily in our team and we're going to keep doing that. We're also going to continue to look for acquisitions. We've uh, we've got a number of companies. We've got about 45 companies, I believe, now within our craft world. And we're continuing to look to grow. We're based right here in Orlando, in central Florida. But uh, we're uh, we're definitely anxious to grow
1: and we're going to keep doing that. Well, when the uh, OBJ last spoke with you, the topic of conversation was Correct Craft's goal of being carbon neutral by 2025. Now we're just two years away from that deadline now. What steps has Correct Craft taken to be carbon neutral? And are you still on track to meet your 2025 goal?
2: Yes, absolutely. Actually, I just had a meeting with some of our team about that this morning. It's an important goal to us. In order to be carbon neutral by 2025, the first thing we had to do is identify what our carbon footprint is. And so uh, we um, hired some outside help. We uh, did some work with that internally and we looked at all of our facilities across the U S and identify exactly what our carbon footprint is. Interestingly, what we learned is that by far the biggest part of our carbon footprint was electricity that comes into our facilities. So it's not actually something that we're controlling other than just turning on the lights. We partner with OUC here in Central Florida to actually pay a little extra so that one of our plants here in Central Florida could be driven just off solar power. Uh, We're looking at all kinds of things. We're looking at solar uh, power. We're looking at uh, for individual facilities. We're looking at live roofs. I don't know if if you're familiar with that, but actually people plant on top of the roof of their building. They plant grass and, and various other vegetation that helps cool the building and also helps um, with the carbon footprint. We're looking at ways we can partner with our electric companies across the country to find better sources of power or more uh, green sources of power. At the end, we know there's going to be some shortfall, and there's a process where you can go through, you can buy mitigation credits. So, what we'll do is we'll partner with another company that will plant trees for us so that you buy credits that and they take that that money and they go out and they make the impact you want to make with the carbon neutral so we're doing a lot of stuff we're very focused on it the main thing is our number one was the uh plant electricity and number two was travel so we're trying to manage our travel carefully too so you're still on uh, track for the 2025 goal Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. We'll absolutely reach the 25 goal because, Sean, the way that it works is wherever we fall short, we can buy mitigation credits that for someone else will go out and plant the trees and do the work for us. So there's no question we'll meet our goal. What we're trying to do is reduce the amount of mitigation credits we have to buy. There's some of it that it's tough to control because if we've got a plant in some other state across the U.S., They may only have one way of getting electricity to that plant. So, you know, there's other than shutting the plant down, there's not much we can do. So there's we won't be able to get to zero
1: without mitigation credits, but we're working real hard to do that. Well, great. Why do you think then that it's important for manufacturers like yourself in central Florida and elsewhere to be environmentally conscious? What suggestions, supportive or cautionary, Mm -hmm. would you offer other manufacturers considering going carbon neutral?
2: I would suggest that everyone do it. Everyone look for ways to do that. Uh, The environment is important to us. It's important to us because we want our kids and grandkids to live in the same kind of world that we've lived in. I've got a granddaughter, Rosie, that's just a year old. And I'm very focused on doing everything I can to make sure that she has a great place to live. And I'm a native Floridian. She's a native Floridian. And, uh, you know, I want her to be able to enjoy our state, you know, for a long time. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it, Sean, is that, frankly, for us, it's just good business. You know, people want to be out enjoying outdoor recreation because it's beautiful and it's pristine and it's nice and, and they enjoy being outdoors. And so there's a moral case that we think it's the right thing to do. sort of a personal case in that, you know, we want our kids and grandkids to live in a great environment. And then there's actually even a business case that you know we need to do everything we can to protect the environment because our business depends on it. And we do a lot of stuff. We do lake cleanups. We've gone over here to the intercoastal with some of our team and planted seagrass. We've actually got two boats that we've built specifically for cleaning up bodies of water. We've got big vacuums on it that can pick up litter
1: and so forth out of the, the lake. So um, it's very important to us. For the longest time, Correct Craft has been one of the few large manufacturers in the Orlando area. What do you think makes Central Florida such an attractive location for large-scale manufacturing? And on the flip side, what are some of the biggest hurdles?
2: The biggest benefits, there's actually many of them. We have plants all across the U.S. So we have experience dealing in a lot of different states. Our biggest plant is here in Orlando. And I can tell you, Florida is a great place to do business, generally very... Um, friendly towards business one of the biggest things that we needed as a state and for, you know, to protect our business, attract new businesses here was litigation reform. And in the most recent legislature legislature passed it, the governor signed it, which we're very, very thankful for. You know, of course there's a great climate here. People want to live in central Florida. There's a great workforce. There's a very diverse, smart workforce here and we consider ourselves very blessed
1: to be in Central Florida. Any hurdles that come with uh, being in Central Florida?
2: We had the biggest hurdle was a Florida-wide hurdle and that was um, the litigation environment and you know as you may know Sean I'm sure you know Florida was 47 out of 50 states in terms of a uh, legal environment. It was just very tough you know to operate in Florida from that perspective, but. I mean, it's something we've been talking about. I'm on the board of uh, the Florida Chamber of Commerce. I'm also on the board of Florida Council 100. And we've been talking about this for the longest time in the legislature and the governor stepped up this year and they took a big step towards fixing that. And we're very appreciative.
0: Bill Jurgen joining us. Next, he shares his role in growing Central Florida manufacturing when Florida Business Minds continues. People's Gas, invested in lowering emissions and developing sustainable energy for a greener Florida. People's Gas is committed to Florida's clean energy future. Learn more about renewable natural gas at floridasenergy.com.
1: Earlier this year, you were unanimously elected as chairman of the National Marine Manufacturers Association. What are your responsibilities in this role? And how does your selection put Central Florida manufacturing on the map? Interesting question. Uh, National Marine Manufacturers Association represents the
2: Marine industry. It's an Association for Marine Industry Businesses, primarily manufacturers, but even beyond that. There's 36,000 of them, uh, Sean, 36,000 marine industry businesses across the U.S. And NMMA is the voice of those 36,000. So I've been involved in the association for a number of years and was honored um, to be elected as the chairman of the association. Uh, Central Florida already has a great reputation in this area for manufacturing boat manufacturers. There's a number of boat manufacturers in Florida and in Central Florida in particular. So I'm just glad I can represent us. I'm gonna do my best to
1: represent Florida well in the new role. Correct Craft has consistently been identified as an innovative company within the marine industry. Could you elaborate on some of the strategies and approaches that have contributed to this recognition? Wow, I could
2: talk about this all day, Sean.
1: There's 36,000 marine
2: industry companies, as I mentioned, and the last four years, each of the last four years, we've been identified as either the number one or the number two most innovative company in the industry out of 36,000. Two of those years we were number one and two of those years we were number two. So innovation is very important to us. Computational power is growing so quickly that technology is changing on a scale beyond what we can imagine even just a few years ago. That technology is merging into new business models. I think any business that isn't focused heavily on innovation, Sean, their business is at risk. They're going to be out of business in 10 years. I mean, it is, uh, things are changing that fast. And companies get, they stumble around a little bit with this because um, they don't focus on the difference between sustaining and disruptive innovation. Sustaining innovation is taking your current product and making it better. Disruptive innovation is totally doing something different that meets the same need, but in a totally different and better way. So many companies have gone out of business, Kodak, Blockbuster, Polaroid, Nokia, on and on, and you books a million, lots of companies have gone out of business because they were so focused on making their current business better. And they were disrupted by somebody who did it differently than them and put them out of business. So we're very focused on making our current businesses better, sustaining innovation, but we also have a whole separate innovation company, Watershed Innovation, that focuses on disruptive innovation. Most of the time, Sean, disruptive ideas come from the outside. It's because the people on the inside of the business can't see it. So we want our companies to focus on sustaining, but we also want a group of people focusing on disruptive innovation. So we formed an electric boat company that's been successful. We've had a telematics company. We're in robotics, 3D printing. Uh, we're investing in, very heavily in a lot of things that are going to change um, change the world over the next few years. So that's why we're focused on innovation, and, and we appreciate being recognized. We're a big industry, and be number one or number two four years in a row is pretty exciting for
1: our team. Much has been reported recently on how the opening of the Brightline connection to Miami and later to Tampa will be a game changer for our region. What benefits to your business, if any, do you anticipate coming as a result of the Brightline connections? What competitive advantages, if any, do you see Brightline bringing to the Central Florida manufacturing community?
2: Yeah, we're looking forward to Brightline. We do uh, business in Miami and Tampa both. We have different industry events in both Miami and Tampa. And uh, we're looking forward to it, frankly, just personally, just make it a little easier to get back and forth. Tampa. I don't know how often you drive over to Tampa, Sean, but it is a nightmare. You're know, getting back and forth to Tampa. I know we have an interstate between the two cities, but it's just, you know, my experience anyway. I don't drive to Tampa without at some point sitting still on the highway between here and there. And so I think Brightline once it gets through to Tampa will be particularly helpful for us. But even Miami, uh, we're looking forward to it. We have a water park in Miami. We have one in Orlando here too. We have one in, War- in Miami and. Anytime you can invest in infrastructure, it's almost always a good thing. It's it's always got a a nice payback and I expect this will too for Central Florida.
1: Much has been uh, reported recently on whether Florida remains a business-friendly state. Specifically in regard to manufacturing, how would you rate the state as to the advantages or disadvantages of doing business here in 2023 and any specific improvements or changes you'd like to see?
2: Florida is a business-friendly state. I can tell you as someone who runs companies in multiple states. Uh, Florida is a very friendly state in which to do business. You know, very thankful to be based here and have a big part of our operations here. Uh, The biggest change I would have suggested was just recently made. I mean, the litigation reform that I talked about, that was a big, that was a big challenge. And that was keeping businesses from coming to Florida and creating jobs. And so, I think that'll be uh, that'll be great for our state, and we love being here. Lots of great things uh, happen here. If Florida was a stock, it'd be a good one to buy because I think we've just got a lot of upside over the next decade. Sean,
0: thanks to Correct Craft CEO Bill Jurgen for joining us, and thank you for downloading Florida Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida, and brought to you by Tico People's Gas at the heart of Florida's energy.